take your Bibles out to Genesis and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach through the Bible. I'm going to preach through the Bible. I'm going to preach all the way up to my passage that we're going to stick with, but I'm going to give you guys some heavy background, okay? I mentioned last week in the service that I have a burden, and sometimes I, I think we need to just get back to the book, get back to the Bible, get back and, and, and say, God, what do you want? What are we missing? Where did we get off? What's going on? And, and the, the, I, I referenced last week about this feeling, this, this spirit of defeat, spirit of frustration, a spirit of anxiety, depression, just like, oh, you, you get the things, like, man, it's just, man, life is just complicated, and I feel like I'm in this limbo state, or I, I, things are, just aren't going well, or I don't have peace. I'm going to preach a series of messages, and today will just be the introduction to set it up. Today will be the background to the passage that I want to take you guys in, in Chronicles. But I, I want to preach this because of the back, fact that God wants us to know. And, and I really want to study this. I, I, I don't want to just give you guys some, some thoughts. I really want to study this. See, looking back on the Old Testament, back on history, there's so much that was different, but so much that is the same. You know, some things, history repeats itself. History over and over again, it's the same thing. People with problems, people with problems. And, and the Bible says a lot about sin and problems and how we gotten off. But when we were in college, one of the things that they taught us to do is they said, always go back to the beginning, the law of first mention. See where things got off, things, where things started. When they investigate a fire, they do that. They'll, they'll try to find the source of where the fire started, then they'll work their way out. I want to I do that. I, I want to go back to the beginning of where we started having problems. And you know what we can do for believers? We can sit there and say, are we doing some of the same things? Have we gotten off in this way? And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, let's read this, and then we'll uh, pray. He said, he's starting at the beginning. Yeah, I'm really starting at the beginning. <laughs> and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of the, tree of, uh, of the tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. From the day that thou eatest, therefore, thereof thou shalt surely die. Let's pray. God, I, I, I pray, Lord, for us as a church, first of all, that you will open our hearts and minds to receive the word of God. Lord, what I am reading right now, these are your words. Lord, you, you have a message to speak to our hearts. And Lord, I know that this will change us and it will help us. I pray, Lord, that you'll help me because you know the burden of my heart. And Lord, I want to lift up the word of God. I, I don't want to get up and just preach from my perspective or what I think. But Lord, help each and every one of us as, as followers of God, Lord, to submit, to truly, fully submit to your word. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for this time, for the protection of bringing us here. Lord, for those that came out in spite of the snow, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Now speak to us, we pray in your name. Amen. Instructions of God. I, I, I preach with visuals a lot, so this is this is the Bible. Let me let me tell you guys what we're reading right now. Even at the very beginning, those were the words of God. We were walking in the garden, and God came up and said, "Adam, this is what you are to do. This is how you are to live." We would say those are the words of God, and you'd be like, "Well, if God said it, I'm going to do it." Can I tell you guys? This is the word of God. If God said we should do it, we should do it. As much as it is for us in our culture 
to sit there and not listen to the Bible, it's the exact same thing as Adam and Eve not listening to God. And we sit there with Adam and Eve going, man, they are so dumb. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they ruined all mankind for an apple or whatever the fruit was. And like, they, they ruined all that. Why didn't they just listen? And God looks at us and says, um, here you go. Uh, if you guys would just listen, if you would just do it, if you would just stop. And, and, and so here it is. Uh, here's, here's our visual. So it's, it's the same thing, all right? I, I want to draw all this parallel before you sit there and say, hey, that, that was Adam and Eve in the garden. No, that those were the words of God. This is the words of God. God speaking to us. The instructions. God declaring in this one passage, right and wrong, good and evil, life and death. And in our lives, it's the same thing that God gives us. And he says, in your life, you're going to make a decision whether you're going to live according to the book. And if you don't, there's life and death. There's going to be good and evil. There's going to be all these things that follow. And that's what God told them in this passage. But the Bible says the Lord commanded. Did you see that? It's where a lot of us, our rebellious spirit in there and says, well, he can't tell me what to do. Yeah, he's your creator. He can tell you exactly what to do. Now, the world will sit there and literally shake their fist at God, say, I don't need the Bible, I don't need God, but how dare Christians do that? We sit there and say, God, if you commanded, I place myself under the authority. A while back, I, I preached when we were in our Easter series, the name Adonai, which means Lord or Master. Literally meaning, Lord, I, I, I submit to you as my master. And man, guys, that goes against our flesh. Man, we don't like to be told what to do, or I'll do my own thing, or I, I'm my own man, or whatever it is. But it's not an option. It's not suggestion. And, and what happens is, in this passage, is Satan slips in, and he, and he challenges what God says. Now, I know a lot of you guys, this is basic, but I'm telling you, what we're going to witness right here, and how Satan does it, is all through the Bible, and that's what I want to bring you. It's all through the Bible. It's the exact same thing. This is the fall of man. But how did, how did they fall so bad? Look at chapter 30, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now it says, now the serpent. Let, let me label the serpent another way, and I'm not putting words into the Bible, whatever, but now an outside influence came to challenge that. Now, an outside influence came to do something contrary to that, and that is very applicable to us in this. The word subtle means he slipped right in. The Greek definition had this in it that I pulled out through the idea, perhaps, of smoothness. Literally, it was, it was just so suave. He was so smooth. He was so subtle. He was so quiet in how he did that. They, they did not see it. See, the way that God is telling us is Satan is so subtle, he works in such a way to pull you away, and you don't even realize it's happening. You see that that's exactly what was happening with Adam and Eve. Eve wasn't like, stop, it's Satan, run the other way. And, and we don't do that in our lives. A lot of times when we get in trouble, None of us are sitting there going, whoa, hey, wait a minute. Let's blow the whistle on the devil. It's not, we, we don't even see it that way. But Satan steps in. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, 
You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. This, this was his, his attack. Say, what, what was it? He just, he just questioned God. Do, do you get that? All he did was question God. Now, I'm going to tell you that this is, this is where it hits home with us right here. It, it's like, Greg, do you have a minute? Would you mind coming up here? And, and just for the sake of visualizing this, it's, so we've, we've got the Bible on this side, and if you, this, and come over here. And if, if you have it, this is, this is, she says, yay, have God said. She points right there and says, I know what's right and wrong. Because it's not a matter of us not knowing what, right, what's right and wrong. She literally quotes God. God has said, if we eat of the fruit, we will surely die. And a lot of times, well, she was deceived. She knew it. But what made the difference? What literally fell or made, had the fall of man happen in this passage? What brought us to that point? Is the outside influence. And you guys take note of what I'm saying right now. This is how he works. This is what he does. An outside influence that goes out when somebody's standing with the word of God and walks up and goes, that's really extreme. You know, that's, seriously, man, that is, that's really out of touch. If, if I'm being honest with you. I so? mean, just, you know, you know when he, what, what's he doing, Greg? He's, he gets into our head. Causes he, he causes us to question. And all of a sudden, we begin to look the other way. That's, that's exactly what's going on. And what he does the whole time, he's sitting there saying, hey, yeah, as God said, he said, man, there's, there's, some, there's more out there, dude. There's, there's more out there. And, and a lot of times we don't look at Satan as the, the influence, but that's exactly what he was doing. He was just sitting there saying, this is extreme. And I'll tell you, in the world that we live in, we deal with this all the time. This is, this is every day for our kids at school. This is our college students constantly going up saying, man, I know you grew up with that. But man, that's, that's really crazy. It's really extreme, man. It's just nobody is doing that. That's just so far-fetched. It's so bizarre out there. But it gets in our heads. Do you realize that's why Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. You understand this whole battle was really not this, ooh, fru, you know. It was, it was a matter of it got into her head, and she's sitting there going, man, I, that is, that is kind of true. Man, I, I just, I, that doesn't make sense to me. That's why the Bible says, be not wise in your own eyes. We, we, we do this. We start with things in our lives. We sit there and go, man, this is it's really not that big of a deal. And I, I, I don't understand, and... My friends do this, and everybody else does this, and you guys fill in the blank with whatever it is, and all of a sudden, he begins to pull us away. He gets in our heads. Can I, can I point out something? You're Eve right now, so I hate to do that to you, but um, Eve was as close to God as you could possibly get. <laughs> that's, that's good luck. <laughs> She's not running from God. She's not, she didn't walk up to the serpent and say, you, kind of, you care if I vent for a minute? Man, that God stuff is like, she, there was none of that going on. And I think a lot of times when we think that we're slipping, it's because, God, I'm tired of going to church. And God, none of that was going on here. And I think, I think that's why a lot of times we end up slipping in a direction without thinking because Satan is subtle. He's subtle. He's so sly and he's so smooth. And, 
And, and I'll draw the application later, but I'll tell you, in our world today, he is so good. I said, man, I can't believe you say that. No, I'm, I'm just being honest. He's good at what he's doing. He's got an agenda and a plan in everything that he's doing. Now, now, now this is what he does. Is, is after he gets her attention and he has that influence, he, he goes from the presence of sin and it moves to a practice of sin. It's the same thing with David. It gets, in, it gets into our heads. David, when he saw the woman bathing, and the Bible says that later he says, hey, why don't you go get that woman? It, it changes us. Guys, let me, let me warn you right now. The influences of this world will, will change us. When you start, Greg, looking from that direction to this direction, all of a sudden your mind will begin to be changed. And that's why the Bible says don't be conformed to this world because it's easy to do. We're, we're easily changed. I hate to tell you that, but all we like sheep have gone astray. So, man, I've been in church my whole life. I'll tell you the history of these kings and everything going on. Man, uh, never mind, I'm getting ahead of myself. Come back next week. Please come back next week. All this is going on here. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the, the, the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, He shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest she die. She knew what was wrong. She said, Hey, here, here's the thing. I'm not even allowed to touch it. And the serpent said unto the woman, He shall not surely die. It's, let, let me paraphrase Satan for a minute. It's not that bad. I mean, seriously, I don't know what you've been brainwashed at that church or what your parents have shoved down your throat your whole life. It's not that bad. You, you, you surely die. That's, that's kind of extreme. For God knoweth that in the day that eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open. He shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. And then she was influenced. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. I want this to sink in. Because this is, it's happening right now. Watch what God is telling us through this. What, what changed her life forever? Her mind was changed. Her perspective of change. And I think where we get off as a culture or society today is when we stop thinking this way. You guys hear me? When we stop thinking this way and all of a sudden her eyes begin to see life or marriage or sexuality or whatever it is from a different point of view and it is not God's point of view. Here's what's going on. Verse 6, read it with me. And when? You say, when, it, when did everything fall apart? Right here. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. What, what, what God had now said was sin, and this is what's going on, what something transpired in her mind, in, in his mind, you know, no longer was it there, but now he's saying when he saw that the tree was good. So how crazy is that? No, how applicable is that? Think about the world today. 
with morality and everything else that we see in the news all the time. And he said, how, that, how is that possible? Because they know not the truth. But I'm talking to us as believers. I'm talking to us that are in church today. I'm, I'm talking to us that have the word of God. That's what I'm talking about with Adam and Eve. They had that. But all of a sudden, when she began to look at things from a different perspective, everything began to change. Notice what she says. What was bad is now good. And she says, for food, literally meaning, I can take that into my life. You guys will start putting the pictures, the, the thing together. When Eve says, yeah, I could, I could have that. I could do that. That's not a big, yeah, give me some of that. Yeah, I'll go with you. I'll do that. I'll watch that. I'll listen to that. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Notice it's pleasant to the eyes. It's, it's, I mean, there was a longing there. There was a satisfaction there. She, she literally now says, yeah, I'm missing out on something. I, I do want that. That is a better way to go. I, I, I've never saw it from that angle before. It's pleasant to the eyes. And she took, the last part of that, and she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. It's no longer just the influence of sin. It's no longer just the presence of sin. She's now participating in the sin. There's a a presence of it and there's a participation, but then all of a sudden it begins to progress. She said, and I gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. It spreads, it infects. Now notice this, God confronts the man. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten the tree which of I commanded thee. He reminds them and says, hey, you, you didn't just go against what you said. Well, I made a bad decision. or That probably wasn't smart. God turns around and God says, you know what it is? I told you so. I, I, this was never your choice. It was never about you. It was never thrown into your court. It was never, you, you sit there and say, well, I'm trying to figure out, or I'm finding out. God says, no, it's never about you. It, it's about you find your way, and you find your life, and you find right in his word. Notice how he finished that verse, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. He, this is huge. He points out their sin. God points out that they listened to someone else. He, he, he talked about when you listened to your wife, you listened to the influence, Adam, Thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake in sorrow. I'm going to bring it home, okay? I, I need you guys to get this. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it in, in all the days of thy life. We start stepping away. Greg, I, come over here because this, this is what happens. When we start stepping away, let me tell you, things begin to change in your life. This, this is where I, I wanted to get to because in order... And I'll prove this through this message. You, you can't have both. And I think that's where a lot of people are. We're, Christians are doing this dance right here. We, we want everything that the world has to offer and everything that Satan is saying is good. And then we want to run over here on Sunday and say, oh, I just want to praise my Jesus. And then we run over here on Monday and Friday and friends and activities and all these things that we put into our heads and then we do that. And the Bible says, make it very clear, you can't live that way. It does not work that way. The Bible says, thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow, do you know what those words mean? Problems, issues, anxiety, stress, all of these things. It affects us. Adam and Eve run. They hide. They try to cover themselves. The verse 18 says, and thorns and thistles shalt thou bring forth, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. The Bible says life is going to get complicated and stressful. 
Let me put it like this. Psalm 119, verse 165, if, if Richard has that. Great what? Let's do that again. Great what? Have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Can I tell you something about this, Greg? It's great peace. And it's not just that know thy love. The Bible says, if you love me, you'll obey me. It's not do's and don'ts and religion and Baptists and all this stuff that we do. He said, man, it's a love letter. It's God's instructions. Man, when you love the law, the Bible says, not just peace, great peace have they that love thy law. Great peace. He's explaining it. He's building it up. Greg, you can be seated. I appreciate it. I'll take Greg's place at this point. I want to show you something. If this is where God intended for me to be, watch what happens. And this is where, what, what, what do we get from this great what? What is the opposite of peace? Turmoil, pain, anxiety, stress, frustration, everything the opposite of peace. When your house is in turmoil, you sit there and it's all quiet. You go, oh, I could rest in peace. It's quiet. Everything's there. But when everything is antsy and everything's falling apart, so let me tell you, explain to you guys as Christians, as Eve or Adam or whoever you want to put it, great peace when you live according to this. And every step that you take away from that, we bring anxiety and frustration and aggravation and everything into our lives. And I do believe with all of my heart and the culture that we live in, we are literally like here. And I, 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 think, I think we're heading this way and our culture is heading this way. And everything that God says, thou shalt not, the world turns around and says, what's wrong with it? The Bible turns around and says, hey, you love thy, honor thy father and mother. Do, 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 all the different things that we say and the world is out there saying, that's ridiculous. That's old-fashioned. That doesn't work anymore. Nobody believes that. That's, that. This is what they're over there doing. What are you doing, man? Seriously, come on. I, I'm telling you, who's, who's been brainwashed? You've been going to that Sunday school and all that other, and he's constantly, you know what we get out here? Frustration. Man, I can't do this. We have teens that are sitting there in that limbo stage and single people and everybody else, and it's just, man, life is so stinking rotten. See, why? It's the only thing that God can give us is that peace that overshadows everything that the world will try to give us. I'm going to bring you through. I'm going to run out of time. I'm just getting started. Um, Don't let that scare you. Deuteronomy 6.6, let's keep flipping forward, okay? I'm going to walk you all the way through this. I'm going to show you that this never stopped. Never stopped. This, even though Adam and Eve messed it up and they had the outside influence that came into the life, it never stopped. In Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, and these words which I commanded these this day shall be in thine heart. Did you notice every, every single one of it? It was a relationship. It was in your heart. It was, it, it was mad because our heart affects our mind. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. What was he saying from the beginning to end? Know them. Love them. Follow them. Teach them. Why? It's how God guides our lives. It's how God keeps us on track. 
It's the manual for our lives. You, you can't correctly maintain a vehicle if you don't have the manual that tells you the right and wrong and what to do with it. And yet we live our lives going, man, I don't know why I'm falling apart. And my marriage is so stressful right now. And I'm trying to, trying to parent those kids and I feel they don't. And God turns around and says, nothing's going to work out here. You've got to get back to the manual because this is how it works. Let me tell you guys, it's not just getting back to the manual. It's actually knowing it and doing it. And I think sometimes we get off with that even as well. He tells us all these things. In the Old Testament, they traveled and they followed the Ark of the Covenant. And it was the tablets that God gave them. You think about that. They would then sit there and they would stop and they would put it in the holies of holies that represented the presence of God and the Shekinah glory would shine on there. You know where that was? It was in the center of their camp. Literally, the truth of God's word, the middle of it, it had to be God. It had to be God. It had to be God. It can't be anything else. Same chapter, go down a few verses. Ye shall diligently, verse 17, ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he had commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. You see how he's saying this? It's, it's not an object. You, you've got to do what is right in the eyes of God. You've got to follow in his ways. Deuteronomy 6, 18. And it says in the Lord, and thou shalt do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. Why did he put it this way? That it may be well with thee. Do you see how he always puts that on there? He goes, let me tell you, if, if you walk away from this, it's not going to go well. It's not going to work. I tell, I, I've been speaking to the teenagers for the last two, three, four months now that I've had that and I'm just, I want them to get this so bad because it will change their life if you step away and say, I can do my own thing and I can be my own person. Yes, you can, but you leave God out and everything falls apart. But sometimes it's way over here that we figure it out when we made a mess and we're trying to clean it up and all those things happen. And thou mayest go and possess the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers. He said, I'll go with you. I'll help you. I'll make this work. Jump forward. Joshua takes over as leader. Joshua stands before the people. He says over and over again, he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Either you will serve the gods on the other side or you will serve the Lord. And then he says, but it's for me and my house. What did he say? We will serve the Lord. Joshua makes this declaration at the end of Joshua saying, hey, you guys do whatever you want. Man, worship those gods on the other side. But I'm telling you right now, for me and my family, we're only going to do this. For my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Over and over again, we see this Joshua 1, 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt... Make thy ways prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua was just plainly stating it out there that you have to do it. I'm going to lead up to this. Let's skip a little bit. Joshua leads to the book of Judges. After the book of Judges, we have First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. We go into a series of kings. Start with Saul, and there's David, and there's Solomon, and they started off good. Well, David, Saul was bad, but God corrected him and put David in there, and then Solomon took over after that. And we see this series of roller coasters of good and bad, right and wrong through this. 
The Bible says, and he just declares how, how they, this, this effect of this, that God would send a prophet or a Jeremiah or whoever to declare the words of God, and they would get themselves a message. And you know what they did? They would go back to the book. And then they'd get comfortable. I'll tell you, that's what the secret is all, all the time. Every time that happens, he's subtle, and then they chase after other gods. And it's this roller coaster. It was constantly happening in their lives. It's the same thing that happens, and you sit there and go, man, those dumb kings. No, it's, it's all of us. We do the same thing. The, 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 we begin to see what's happening in this passage as we keep reading on of what God is promising and teaching them. But I'm going to show you how there's a young man named Manasseh that takes over as king. He said, Manasseh was a bad guy. You're absolutely right. He was a bad guy. Second Chronicles chapter 33, verse 1, and this will set the stage for we're going to go next week. And Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. I'm going to tell you guys, Manasseh grew up in a godly home. His father was Hezekiah. Hezekiah was known as one of the most godly leaders, changed and sought after God and did all these things. He made mistakes, but he was a godly guy. Thank God for a great heritage. But I tell you, a great heritage does not make you godly. And I fear that for us and what we've been given. What most of us, to be honest, we grew up right here. Uh, let me just do a survey. How many of you guys grew up in church? Raise your hand right now. I'm telling you guys, this is what happens. We get really comfortable right here. Just because mom and dad serve God and love God doesn't mean you will. It must be in your heart. The Bible says to hide God's word in your heart. Why? That thou might not sin against thee. That's the only way that it happens. So here's this thing. Manasseh begins to drift from God, drift from the book, drift from what is right. Your heritage does not make a difference. Praise God for it, but it's a personal decision that you must have. But he begins to drift from the authority of God's word. Day by day, step by step, the Bible does not describe it, but it shows from Hezekiah's house, of him being 15 years old, growing up in that house, to where he began to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Manasseh had a heritage just like most of us. Can I tell you guys, be careful when preaching begins to get boring. Be careful when church becomes an obligation. Some of you are out there saying, man, I don't want to go, and honey, that series is on Netflix, and man, the guys are getting together. Let me tell you, when you don't have the love for the law or the love for the Bible or the love for the things of God, you better check where you're at. Check all of us where we're at. No matter who, so matter, watch your tone, boy. I've grown up in church my whole life. Eve was created by God. Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground. Don't tell me how close you are to God. Every one of us can fall away and every one of us can sin. Satan is subtle. He wants to catch your attention. We're talking about getting back to the book, but I, I'm trying to point out how they left the book. Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 2, but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen. The Kings has a parallel of the same history of what's going on here, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abominations of the heathen. They both say the same thing. Let me point this out. I've got these three points in closing, and we're done. Number one, an absence of the word brings a presence of sin. You say, what does that mean? It means this. 
Anytime you step away from this, you automatically set yourself up for sin. And some of us sit there and say, well, I'm not really doing right. I'm not, I'm not doing, let me tell you, it's as simple as this. You're either connected to the word or you're detached from the word, but there is no in-between. And I think sometimes we sit there and say, well, I'm a little backslidden. Do you know what you're saying by that? I'm disconnected from the word of God. You say, man, I don't know what you mean by that. Let, let me explain it like this. You don't, you don't have to go looking for sin. As soon as you step away from the word of God, you expose yourself to what the devil wants for you. Say, give me an illustration. Where's Adam and Eve in the Bible that sit there and all she did was this. What? That was as simple as it was. It was just distraction of look the other way for him to pull them in. When you cease to make the Bible the influence of life, you automatically open yourself up to sin. You say, man, that doesn't sound fair. Man, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 24, when Jesus was teaching, he says, no man can serve two masters. Listen to this. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know what God was saying with that? He said, you can't have it both. You know, I say, man, that sounds extreme. But God was saying, you can't have it both. You cannot live one way and say, well, everybody else is doing it. And then sit there and have that. Now you say, that's impossible. No, it is possible. You can't do it. You won't have peace. You'll never be satisfied. And I think this ping pong game that we play. That's why so many people are like, I'm in church and I'm so unhappy because you know what? The Bible never promised being in church makes you happy. I think that's a misconception. Part of what I'm going to preach on next week is the fact that I think we're more like this. We're, we're, we're around it. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we're connected. I, I can tell you verses and I can sing the songs. But there's a difference between that and being connected to the word of God where it's changing us. He's explaining the absence of the word brings the presence of sin. The Bible says in verse 33, and he, for he built up again the high places which Hezekiah the father broken down. And he reared up altars from Balaam and made groves and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. But he built up altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said in Jerusalem, shall my name be forever and I already showed you this, but let me point it out. That's what's going there. It goes from an absence of the word of God to a presence of sin to an absence of the word of God brings the practice of sin. And you see, Eve did the same thing where she turned from the word of God and all of a sudden she ate of the fruit. And now this king is sitting there in the middle of this and he's beginning to bring the idolatry from the pagan nations that he was influenced by them into his life, into his church, into his family, into his community, into his life. Now, these are things that are not part of our culture, I know, when we're talking about the groves and things like that. But let me tell you, idols are anything that we worship. Idols are anything that takes us away from God. Idols are anything that takes us away from his word. It, it, can, be a, it can be a game. You now, I say this because what in our world today is pulling us away from the word of God. You think about how much stress we have in our culture today, but how busy people are. Guys, I'm, I'm just being transparent and real with us, okay? And I know our culture right now. But we can zone on, on Facebook, Netflix, Hulu, movies, and everything else and have so little time for God, it's not funny. 
You think about it. Actually, don't just think about it. Log your week. Look back at your week. How, how, what, what, what did you do? Guys, I'm not at all saying throw out entertainment, never have fun again, never. I'm not saying that at all, but I'll tell you what they did is they took their attention, their worship, their time from the things of God and they began to put it on things that the world came up and said, here, try this. How often do we go to bed Look at Facebook for 30 minutes, but not give God five. How often do we get hooked on TV shows and we watch four in a row? How often will we sacrifice to spend $10 on the movies and $6 on popcorn, and then the plate comes around in church and we're like, man, things are tight. You say, man, we, we don't have those problems that they had in the Bible. No, they're just different. Satan's over there every single day going, man, I have something. Did God really say that? Is it, does that really matter? And I tell you, there's different things that happen in that. The Bible says, and they took the groves and they took the idols and they brought them in. Verse 4, chapter 33, and he built the altars in the house of the Lord. Say, in the house of the Lord. And you say, well, that's, that's really bad. And they did that. I, I hope nobody ever in this world or in our church goes out and brings bad stuff into the church. Can I tell you in the New Testament that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? And we sit there and say, what does that mean? It's the same thing in our culture today of bringing the things that God said, I died to set you free. I've overcome those things. Those are anti what I say. God says, I said this one thing and the world says another thing. We go to the world and we sit there and take their entertainment of nudity and profanity and everything else and they swear and curse God and they say GD this and they, they talk about sex and perverseness and everything. And you know what we do? We take that and we put it in our mind. I sit there and say, man, I'm, I don't know why I'm so miserable. I don't know why things aren't working. I don't, I don't know why life is this and anything because we've listened to an influence that says, what's wrong with it? Now, some of you are going to say this. Tony, you know what the problem is? You're out of touch with this world. I think sometimes we might be too in touch with this world and out of touch with God's word. That's the problem. We've gotten so in touch with the world that we view everything differently of what God one day said was wrong. It is wrong for a man to look upon a woman with lust in his heart. And yet we'll just sit in our living rooms and scroll through these TV shows that sit there and have nudity and profanity and sex and everything else going, well, well, there it goes again. Well, this world that we live in. And God says, no, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. And it gets in your head. You know what happens when it gets into your head? The Bible says that there was the presence of sin. There was, there was, there was the influence. There was there with them and the influence with Manasseh. There was the practice of sin. They begin to take the things from the world and drag them into their lives. But I'm going to show you there's a progression of sin. You see, Eve took it and gave it to Adam. And Adam sat there and blamed God. And then both of them went out. And both of their sons, one rose up and killed the other. There's this progression of sins. And the Bible says in this passage that they began to take their children and put them before the false gods and sacrifice them. What are we giving up? What are we letting go of? Why is it so hard? And I'm not even talking about revival at this point. Man, I want revival. 
You're never going to get revival until you first get back to the book where the conviction comes in our hearts. You say, well, we're not even there. That's because it's chapter 34 and an amazing things begin to happen. Guys, can I tell you, I want to take this so much deeper than just don't have sin in your life. Because I think the sin and the playing, and, and it's not that I'm a hardcore drug addict living in. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just the fact that we've turned our heads. I'm like, whoa. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe, I mean, everybody else is doing it. It's just the world that we live in. God's over there screaming, going, it's never going to work that way. I've got a way that's going to help you. And guys, when we fill our minds full of nudity and everything else, and then we sit there, we can't view our wives right. We can't view women right. We can't view society right. I need people to help with the Easter play. And you're sitting there going, man, not after what I did this week. I'm, I'm embarrassed to even raise my hand. Shame and guilt. Drop our heads. We're embarrassed. Satan loves it. Something happens. There's a young man that takes over. Chapter 34, verse 3. And in the, in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah from Jerusalem, from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I'll tell you, they got back to this. And all of a sudden, they were like this. They were all over there going, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> it's ruined my family, and I'm not the father that I need to be. And I'm, man, I'm just, I'm so tired of the no peace and problems and everything. Great peace if they that love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. It's not me or fellowship or Baptist or any other denomination. It's thus saith the God that matters. If God said it, it's right. If God said it, there's no other way. If God said it, it's his words, and I must submit to Adonai and submit to him as my master. And let me tell you guys right now, I'm not okay. We're just saying, let's get the sin out. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Because I don't want to just get the sin out. This not only holds peace, it holds power. I'm telling you, they, they begin to read it, and people begin to get their hearts right and cry out to God and say, be merciful, I'm sorry. That's what I want. That's what we need. I'm just going to ask you the question. Where are you at? You're like sitting there going, well, teenagers, where are you at? Subtle, a little bit at a time, one day at a time, one habit at a time, one one website at a time, one one relationship at a time. The world will pervert our minds to make us think that we're the weirdos and we're what's wrong. And yet they're miserable. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Great peace have they that love thy law. If something 
is not right and you have anxiety and you're frustrated, you just, man, something's wrong. Something's not connecting. Something, something. Man, it's time that Christians go before God just like that. And they said, the Bible says, and, they, and Josiah sought after God. Man, to go before God and just say, God, I don't even know where it is. Lord, but oh, Lord, I know that I don't have peace. And I know that you're the author of peace. And I need peace. And we submit ourselves to God, saying, God, if it needs to go. In the Bible, it was the groves and the idols and the wooden images. But in our lives, it might be other things. But the thing that I am telling you, we need to get back to the book. Because this world has nothing to fix you or your kids. But God has the answers.